When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't like horses. I can't ride. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Mackie out today, so it's Judd with Rami in the TCL broadcast studios. Jonathan on the other side of the glass and plenty to get to between now and 6 o'clock, including uh, Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights, the NFL Network reporter, will join us at 5 o'clock at about 4.30. We'll get into the uh, hot stove action over the weekend that it did not include the Minnesota Twins, but start off the afternoon with a 39-10 win over the Chargers yesterday. You can get in at 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at SKOR North. And Judd, uh, you noticed something. Thing that I also noticed. I noticed it from uh, Danny Cunningham, who is my co-host on Score North Live today, and you can hear that show weekdays, noon to two, or wherever you damn well please on the Score North mobile app and where you get your podcast with me and a rotating cast of Score North personalities as my co-host. But people, like we've done with a lot of Vikings losses this season, are downplaying this one. A 39-10 to victory. Mm-hmm. Where you got seven turnovers, five of which I credit the Vikings with forcing. That wasn't just the Chargers handing the ball over to Vikings football players. Like yesterday. the touchdown was. Two of them were. Philip Rivers, just take the ball, okay? Don't hurt me. <laughs> two of them. Nobody two, hurt me. Two just please them. leave my limbs intact, <laughs> Philip. It's not the bank's not being robbed, dude. You're supposed to protect the football. I have a lot of children. I need this career to last as long as possible. But please I don't want to get hurt. Please don't take out my knees. Please, for the love of God. Here's a football. For the love of my children. But I I don't know. I was impressed with that one yesterday. Were you were you impressed with the victory yesterday? I mean, they didn't just win. They, yeah, they stomped, to to borrow a, a quote from somebody who tweeted it to Score North Live today, they stomped a mud hole in the Chargers and walked it dry. So postgame, we got calls on both ends, right? Ah, man, you couldn't tell much. The Chargers stink, which they do. And then, well, you got to credit... The Vikings. So here, here's where I'm drawing the personal, my personal Judd line here. All right. The Detroit Lions are terrible at football. They come here, you demolish them. I'm sorry. I can't tell a thing from that. The Detroit Lions didn't care. But what did we spend? But, but in fairness, leading up to that game, we also talked about Detroit's not good. You're at home. You're, you're dominant at home. Uh, but what did we talk about all last week? We talked about road game. On grass, where you are not good. Um, a team that you don't face much, right? So we gave, and by Friday, I said in my mind, this has all of the elements of a Viking stew for a loss. 
You did. I did. And you laid out the recipe. And halftime before Rivers dropped the football, the Chargers were driving down to kick a field goal. And and I don't know if trepidation, that's probably too strong a word, but you certainly felt like the Los Angeles Chargers were in that game. And then the Vikings took the ball away, and they annihilated them. Did this win make me think that the Vikings are Super Bowl team? Absolutely not. But I'm not going to sit here and denigrate a win on, on, when we spent five days, basically, talking about all of the permeations of things that could go wrong. And, a, and, and convincing he, win. Well, an and, impressive win. And it's why I'm also... And I know that this team's a dumpster fire as well, but it's also why the Dallas win impresses me because we spent that whole week talking about primetime Kirk, right? Road game against the Cowboys. And then they win. So I can't come back and be like, well, all right, but there were all these stipulations I didn't tell you uh, fans about, so now I'm not impressed. So, look, Detroit, I will fully admit, I took nothing from the game was boring as could be. I thought it stunk. I was glad when the final gun sounded and you moved on with a win, but it didn't give me a lot of confidence. Yesterday, you basically answered questions by scoring 39 points, too. 29-point win. So 29 unanswered points, right? You annihilated a team on the road. I can't now sit here and come back and say, well, they I were mean, worse than I thought, it so it barely, doesn't count. And now I'm going against my own point. It was barely a road game because it was about 80 to 90% Vikings fans. There. And that's very true. The but, only thing wrote about it was the geographical but, location. But to be clear, I'm not telling you now that I foresee the Vikings as a Super Bowl team because of this, but I'm also not going to, to sit here and be completely hypocritical, Rami, and tell you, it does. Yeah, it doesn't count. It does count. It and, counts for something. And what I've seen of the three games since the bye week, I'm, I'm convinced this defense is better than it was pre bye week. Now, to what degree? I don't know because they haven't faced the highest level of competition. And even when they did in Seattle, I know that the end result, when you look at the the yards and the points on the board, not impressive. But if you if you look at what ailed this Vikings team pre bye week. And what they've done about it since then, they've taken away the deep threat. And they even did it, if you if you take, and I hate it when people do this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. If you take away the 60-yard touchdown that the Seahawks scored, there was almost no even attempt at going deep against the Vikings in that game by the Seattle Seahawks. And there has been literally next to no attempts to go deep on them since then by the Detroit Lions or the San Diego Chargers. And you can say what you want about uh, David Blau and and his propensity to go deep or to do anything on a football field as a third-string undrafted rookie QB. But Phillip Rivers... For whatever for whatever faults he has in his game, that's a dude who's going to throw it downfield. Like regard, like almost regardless of what he's facing, yep. he's a guy who's going to throw it downfield. And they got third down c- completions, especially in the first half of that game. But if you look at Philip Rivers' air yards per attempt, yep. how far he's actually throwing the ball through the air to his receivers, yep. it was under five in yesterday's game against the Vikings. There's a guy who regularly goes around seven or eight, and I think his average was right around eight yep. coming into this game, air yards per attempt throughout the season. Philip Rivers didn't even think about going deep for the vast majority of that game yesterday, and that's when you start to see turnovers happen. When you make teams, when you make offenses take the football field by small chunks, they need to execute that many more plays and that gives more opportunities for you to make them make a mistake or for them to just take it upon themselves to make a mistake. And that happened 
seven times yesterday. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen to that degree every time, but that's the blueprint. That's what Mike Zimmer is looking for. He's looking to take away the big play. He knows his defense has flaws and faults, and there's only so much he can do to cover them up. Mm -hmm. But if he can just take away the deep play, now you're making teams work harder and you're giving yourself more opportunities to make plays. And Mike has been, hallelujah, has been hit by reality. Because according to Collar in Zimmer's press conference today, he did volunteer up the fact that Xavier Rhodes played 14 snaps and it wasn't because he was hurt. Mike Hughes has to play. And they did it. And Mike Hughes is going, not going to be perfect. And, and he is nowhere near as good a player as Rhodes was in Rhodes prime. But Mike Hughes and Holton Hill and those guys have to play. And Rhodes deserves not to play now. He can barely, he can barely move. He can barely, he's gone from being slow with, I think, a leg problem that they weren't talking about. To what? Last week against Detroit, an ankle. Yesterday, a calf. He can't move. Mike Hughes has to play. Holton Hill has to play. And so, after several weeks of discussing this on the show, and I'm sure being written about around town, Zimmer has come to the realization that no matter what he thinks of Rhodes, Rhodes shouldn't play. And Rhodes is not playing. But I want to, I want to clear something up that I think we've been, including me, a lot talking about in generalities about the Vikings, and it's probably not fair. It doesn't make it not a concern. But, you know, I think we've been saying, well, this defense, it's not the same. It's not as good. It's it's fallen back. It's fallen off. And when talking about the cornerback play, that's absolutely true. Okay? And I think the interior of the defensive line is not as strong as it probably, or as it was flat out two to three years back. But we've been lumping this whole thing together, and I'm going to tell you right now, these defensive ends, Hunter's incredible. This is one of the best defensive ends in the NFL today. The guy is ridiculous. The linebackers are incredibly solid, and Eric Kendricks, I believe as of this morning, is the top-ranked linebacker by PFF in the National Football League. The safeties, Harrison Smith is not good as he was probably three years ago, but he was otherworldly three years ago, and he's still damn good. Mm-hmm. Harris is damn good. So I think we've got been five interceptions on the year. Now? Yes, and he's been so solid. But I think that we've been, including me, a lot, really guilty of saying, "Well, the whole thing's falling off." All right, cornerbacks are incredibly important, and they can lose you games. But Too I, bad cornerbacks can make an entire defense look bad. Absolutely. But I think the conversation. I think, in fairness to the conversation, we do need to pivot to the guys who either need to develop or aren't playing well, because to take them all and throw them together in, in a lump is really not fair. Even Everson, and I've been doing that. Everson Griffin having yes. a bounce back season. Defensive ends have been great. Linebackers, including Kendricks, are Kendricks is fantastic. That season, two years ago, I thought this guy's pretty solid. He's not bad. He's really good. Now, Pro Bowl, All Pro type of player. All Pro type of player. Absolutely. All Pro is a huge deal. The safeties, really solid. So I think when we pick on this defense, we probably need to be more succinct in picking on certain positions because the corners have taking a step backwards, a big one. But to say this whole defense now just, ah, oh, they're not, the, that's really not true. They're sixth in the league in scoring, as Collar pointed out today right. on Score North Live. Now, it wasn't all good yesterday, and phone lines are open to you, 651-646-8255 if you want to talk about this Vikings win. We're in the middle of 25 minutes of talk here on Mackie and Judd with Rami, as we always are if you hear our voices. That means we're in the middle of 25 minutes of talk. My bladder doesn't like it, but your ears do. Uh, Dalvin Cook... <laughs> Dalvin Cook yesterday. 
<laughs> okay. Then. Uh, before he before he left the game with that shoulder chest injury, that's been a problem now for three four weeks. Judd, just nine carries for twenty seven yards. It looks like this thing is going to remain a problem. And even if he is able to play, he doesn't look like Dalvin Cook anymore. I think Danny said he's had four straight games where he's had thirty yards or less. After yesterday, that sounds right. Nine carries he has not for been twenty-seven same. yards. He has not been been the same since that Broncos game before the bye, and that's when he got hurt initially. That's a huge problem. If Dalvin Cook isn't Dalvin Cook, now I'm well, just ta- I'm talking about playoffs. You you can probably get to the finish line in these final two weeks of the season, and yeah. it, it won't cost you much with or without Dalvin Cook. But if you're talking about making noise in the playoffs, for everything we've said about this offense and Kirk Cousins, if you don't have Dalvin Cook at or near his his peak abilities. I don't see much of a chance for this team to make a run through the playoffs. No, I agree completely. Let me look this up real quick. I'm just going through his game log for this season. He has had, um, since starting with the Denver game, in which he got hurt, in which he only had 26 yards on 11 carries rushing, 29 yards on 9 carries against Seattle. He got hurt in that game and had to leave. That Then he was um, uh, 18 carries for 62 yards against Detroit and 27 yards for 9 carries before he got hurt against the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, here's my thought, too. Now, the Vikings came out today and said that this is a shoulder problem, but it's different than his original chest problem, but I'm not buying that. I think it's all probably very close together, don't you? Yeah, I think the uh, chest bone is connected to the shoulder Thank bone. Thank you, exactly right. And you're not a doctor. If I know my biology But correctly. I trust you yeah. to be right, right about that. Jonathan, you disagree with me? Can you, you sing it? Oh, I'm, I'm Can we sing it? Sure. Oh, okay. The chest okay. bone's connected to the collarbone. Okay, so we got that for us. <laughs> So here's got that for a drop. What are you talking about? The collarbones connected to the. I don't even know what the scapula or something. Um, <laughs> You're asking the wrong. Dude. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. It's not okay. The scapula. Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> here's what I would do if I'm the Vikings, and I am. These last two games are potentially important wins. Totally get that. But Rami, to what you said, Dalvin Cook, if he was the same player and kept getting hurt. I would say, do I have to play him? But he's not close. I shut him down till the playoffs. And here's the and biggest know, reason why. Couple people said that before you Can go. Can I give on, you please. the biggest reason why though? Couple people said that on Score North Live today, and then I was driving in today. Listening to you and Collar on Purple Daily, which you can hear weekdays two to four, a dedicated. Could you leave for show. lunch just to be clear? Because right. people now are like, "How did you do that yes. from your house?" Went home, had a sandwich, came back, and they have a chance to. Get the five seed, which could be huge because that might mean a first-round matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is the path of least resistance. If you're going to have to win three road playoff games to get to a Super Bowl, you want one of those to be the Philadelphia Eagles, if at all possible. So I don't. Yes. I was thinking, yeah, sit Dalvin Cook the last two games. What do you have to lose? You're basically locked in where you are for all intents and purposes. But that is not the case. If you have even a sliver of a chance at getting the five seed in a first-round matchup against Philadelphia, you got to go all out these last two games, don't you? You do, but your problem is he's not the same. He's not even close. So if I can if if Madison can come back from the ankle injury that kept him out on Sunday and I can get him playing against Green Bay with Boone as his backup, I do that. And I do the same thing against the Bears. If Dalvin Cook was still playing great and kept and kept getting hurt and having to leave games, then I think it's a conundrum because you say, okay, but he's playing so well, but he's not. And here's the reason why I sit him, though. When I go into the playoffs, I need the threat that Dalvin Cook is is as close to healthy as he can possibly get, right? 
And the threat is key because that sets up Kirk for play action. Oh, it sets up everything. So if I'm playing you and you are the Vikings in the playoffs, and I know that Dalvin Cook is dinged up to beat heck, right? He's not healthy. I'm saying to myself, this whole play action thing, which, you know, in week uh, in week eight was so threatening now, I'm a playoff team. I'm pretty good. I'm not worried about it. Guess what happens? A big weapon of your offense is gone. That's why I roll the dice, I take the chance, and I don't play Dalvin Cook Monday night against Green Bay or in the Sunday game against the Bears. And you think you can still win those football games yes. without those guys? Yes, because, because I'm not any- winning with Dalvin Cook. Because if Dalvin Cook is not really helping me that much right now. I agree, but just the threat of Dalvin Cook, I think, is something. But is he a threat? It? But is he a threat? Like, how much of a threat against a good team is he right now? If I mean, if I'm, if I'm the Packers, and I'm okay, I'm not bad. If I'm the Packers, am I really threatened by a guy who continually has to leave games and who clearly has been impacted in a big way? Oh, I'm targeting that thing. Yeah, so am I. Which is why, if I'm the Vikings, I'm not giving you that chance. And that might sound ruthless, cold-blooded, oh, no. dirty, whatever the case. That's happening in the NFL. If they know something's ailing, they're going to try to hit you in that thing. <laughs> like, whatever it is. Bounties aren't talked about, <laughs> but I believe they still exist. That's not even a bounty. That's just strategic. Like If you're, if you. you're hurting, I'm going to try and make you hurt worse because I don't want you on the field. I'm completely with you. Because you can do bad things to me. Yes. I have been impressed by the depth at the running back position, though. Well... <laughs> Is, is it impressive or an indicator of something that we've talked about a lot, which is you can find Gary Kubiak scheme? Well, Gary Kubiak, believe me, Gary Kubiak. If there is a way, and this has never happened before, but I would like to introduce this possibility. Has a non-head coach ever gotten coach of the year <laughs> in the National Football League? I would like to give Gary, I would like to suggest right now that Gary Kubiak, I would bring the plaque to Egan. And Zim would be like, no, I didn't. I didn't just win Coach of the Year, did I? And I'd say, Mike, actually, no, you didn't. Where's Gary's office? <laughs> but he's not even a coordinator. Don't care. Don't care. I'm he's saying, a, you know what? He's NFL assist- head coach. He's assistant head coach. Thank you. Yeah. He's the assistant head coach. So he's got head coach in his title. He does. You know what? Gary Kubiak, to me, has been forgotten about because he does not meet with uh, the press on a weekly basis. Doesn't really talk much. I mean, we see him in the booth, right, on Sundays. That's it. And Kevin Stefanski, I think he's done a fine job. But let's not overlook the fact that this is Gary's offense and that Kirk Cousins looks like a different quarterback now because of that. Do you think the run game could be effective enough because of what you're talking about? In these last two games, yeah. No, I mean to do something in the playoffs. Oh, uh, no, I'm need, with you on Dalvin Cook. You need Dalvin Cook. Yeah, because if I play a good playoffs, if I right? play a good team, yeah. Again, I think we can get. I think you can get by one team. Like if you win a playoff game, I'm not going to say, "Oh, I can't, can't believe the Vikings won a playoff game." But if we're talking about a Super Bowl, well, potential run, I think Dalvin Cook has to be as healthy as possible, and my play action has to work almost, or it has to work consistently. I didn't realize how. I don't want to say easy, but how. And for lack of a better word, easy it is for the Vikings to get that five seed and, like I said, a potential date with the Philadelphia Eagles mm-hmm. in the first round of the playoffs Till I was listening to you and Collar. Two things have to break, right? Going through the playoff machine. They could. Simon tweets us, says it's not as hard as it seems for the Vikings to get a number five seed as long as we win the next two and San Francisco beats the Rams and loses to the Seahawks, we will be number five and face Dallas or Philadelphia. Yeah, and how about that? You feel pretty good about that, don't you? That's crazy. <laughs> 
You're feeling pretty good. How much, how much better do you feel about a playoff run if it, at least in part, goes through Philadelphia? You realize Or Dallas, Ronnie. You, yeah, but Dallas and Collar brought this up to yeah, you. Yeah, I know, but I get them on turf, and I get them in, in a controlled environment, and I have better coaching. I have Mike and Gary against Jason. You never know when the good Cowboys are going to show up. And if the good Cowboys show up, they will run okay, you but off if, the field. Okay, but if I have to take on the good Cowboys as opposed to going to the Superdome... I'm like I'm like him taking on the good Cowboys. Give me the Eagles all day though. Yeah, that's Give fine. Me the Eagles all day long. I don't, long. Yeah, I don't, don't blame they you. They are they are they don't have one receiver who started the season on the roster that's healthy right now. Not one rostered receiver from when they reported to camp is healthy right now. Makes you feel pretty good, doesn't put it? Put that put that in perspective. Imagine if you were past Laquan Treadwell on the Vikings depth chart right now. That's where the Eagles are. For just for just a little bit of perspective, imagine the Vikings suffered injuries to the point where you were past Laquan Treadwell on the depth chart. So Doxon's back then, I guess. I'm resigning Josh Doxon. Yeah, who's on the practice squad? That's what. That's what. Literally, what the Eagles are down to now. Yeah. And Carson Wentz is still making crazy things happen. Did you see that pass he threw in the back of the end zone yesterday? Carson Wentz is weird, man. The game he played, yes, and the game he he played here at times. Impress me beyond belief, and then he doesn't win sometimes. Like at times, he's just not. But yeah, if I can get if I can get the winner of the of the NFC East, and especially if it's Philadelphia, I'm feeling so good about things. Oh man, that first game. Now, if you go there and lose, you're going to get hammered, and you deserve to be uh, hammered at that point. But I do, yeah. I mean, that's a that five seed would make your life really, really simple. I saw a tweet here. From our guy Randy in Cottage Grove, and it says today. Price isn't called yet. Today I am watch game again to Fivelius, F I V A L U S E the the stud stable. Did he mean finalize? Okay. Finalize the stud final. stable. Right. You got to know how, how to read Randy. And he says it actually sort of nice to be on leave of absent, and I still getting paid. Oh, Lol. I thought that meant he was on a leave of absent from us. No. Here on Score no, North he said and on before, and Judd with No, Rami. he said his last appearance when he came on that he was uh, on some type of leave, but he didn't want to talk about it. I was worried it. that we wouldn't hear from Randy in Cottage Grove today, but uh, look at this, Judd. Randy in Cottage Grove. Stud stable time. Is on How's the line. How's this not sponsored yet, on by Mackie the way? and Judd with Rami. We should get this sponsor. Hey, Randy. Uh, well, okay. Uh, first off, I don't know if you guys have a, a smartphone. Uh, for a few years now, I, I've used the i iPhone and mm-hmm. it, it, it a lot of things it can do. Mm-hmm. They're really powerful, quality phone. But the little number, the the letters that you push are way too small for. I, I have like big thumbs and it's hard to type. So sure. every time uh, you see like a text from one of your friends and some, cut them a little slack if they're on an iPhone because the 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 lum- they're just so small. Oh, that's why you type five will use instead of finalize. I, I corrected my. Sometimes okay. I correct myself. Other times I'm busy, you know. And, sure. And, Thought you might be drinking, Randy. Well, that no. I mean that happens too, to the best of us. But no, 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 not on a weekday in the middle of the day. Monday mornings I usually kind of take it easy, kind of ease into the week and and, and refresh on kind of what happened over the weekend, which was another convincing and 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 satisfying W. So, Randy, what did you mean though when you said uh, you're on leave of absent? Are you not worked? You're not working today. I, I've been I've been told I I cannot get into the full details, but I I am I'm not allowed uh, 
to go uh, into or uh, near a vicinity of my, my uh, workplace um, until something is resolved. That that is just uh, how I have to leave it. And uh, this involve a coworker, Randy? Did you, did something happen? Because I I thought you got in a fight about five years back with a person that you worked with. Yeah, that was another individual. Okay. Uh, th- this is a different situation, and uh, it's being handled by. Um, uh, what? Human resources. Human. There, that's the word. There we go. Uh, thank you, uh, Randy. No uh, uh, so the, the it's going to human resources, and I am told it under strict instructions uh, by my counsel to just not speak Whoa. about it uh, yeah. until it until it blows over, and it will. Your counsel? I, there, there's. I didn't do. I didn't do uh, half of the stuff. At least, so it's gonna be fine. Uh, and and I also have a. Uh, well, what's that? I said there are lawyers involved. You said your counsel, uh, the company counsel. Oh, okay. Company, All the right. company provides a counsel for for a grievance. It's a grievance, is what it is. This is not criminal. It's not criminal. It's an HR grievance, uh, and it's fine. Okay. And then soon enough, I'll have to go back to work. But <laughs> I'm sort of hoping it's. It's after the Super Bowl, if you know what I mean. There you go, so, Randy. I really can dig in. Oh, if they want to extend it all the way through to the draft, that'd be fine too, because it's just more time to fo- uh, focus on what you know the true my, my true passion is. But uh, a solid win. I uh, have to give a hats off to uh, to the bar yesterday. They were doing full uh, shots for the Bears touchdowns and also for the Vikings touchdowns, although the first game didn't really pay off uh, too much in that department. And really the second game didn't either because we just didn't need them. Uh, Dan Bailey was, of course, uh, game or, uh, uh, game up to the game, had a lot of field goals, uh, and it was fine. So we found our way to our buzz on our own, mostly. That's fine. Uh, we got our W, and we are focused now. It is going to be Christmas Two days early on Monday night. Uh, I can't even wait. I'm 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 not going to the game, um, but I'm going to be. A, uh, well, maybe I'll go. Are you allowed to go to the game, Randy? Or is there another issue there? As oh, well? No, no, no. That's oh, okay. Thinking. All right. I, I, it's more of a cost benefit thing on the drinking. To be sure. honest, it, it, yeah. if you go, you just spend. You use it. Take a lot of money, and then those new stadiums are a little more scrutinizing about security. It's harder to get stuff in, but. Uh, the number one thing that I, of course, would like to do, if you guys, uh, if you guys are ready to to do it, I have a stud stable. Oh yeah, oh, sure, Randy. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, Let's get to it. Thing. Yeah, there's your music. Oh, you got your music going already. Jonathan's uh, really in touch. We're with all us. over it, man. That was one hell of an effort, and all of these players are deserved of a spot in Randy's stud stable. This week, we're going to start with the defense because it was really impressive. I'm going to start with my guy, Eric Kendricks. You're one of the highest rated linebackers in the league, in the world, by Pro Football Focus. That's a statistical-minded website, and they love what you're up to, and I don't disagree. Eric Kendricks, you're a stud. How about Daniel Hunter? Just another kick-ass day for him. He's everywhere. He's in the backfield. He's breaking up the run. He's even forcing strips that get scooped and housed. Daniel Hunter changed the course of the game right in the shadow of halftime. Daniel Hunter, you're a stud. Harrison Smith, a couple weeks ago we wondered if you were even going to play again. Thought you might have to be on the shelf for an extended period of time. 
Well, now you're picking me off interceptions like a can of corn. Getting them right there in the center field, scooting a few yards, and we take it back over. Harrison Smith, you're a stud. Hey, Randy, uh, we're up against a break. How many more guys in the stud stable, buddy? As we go ahead and look at the linebackers, I would be remiss if I leave out Anthony Barr. A little longer in the tooth than he used to be, but this guy can still wreak havoc. Anthony Barr, you're a stud. Randy? I'd like to take a look now at a guy who Randy. we drafted last year, and I picked that pick. I pegged Jonathan, we have Mike to fade Hughes. him down again. Just Mike Hughes. I'm sort of into this. I am too, but we're, we have late, to go to break. we're late for the break. And he just got to Mike Hughes. How many guys? Mike are, Hughes was a stud. How many guys can possibly be in the stud stable? Every week we go through this with Randy. How many guys are you oh. going to put in the stud stable, Randy? Last week we potted him down when he was doing defense. We potted him you back up. He was I still doing you, defense. I bet you we could do an entire commercial break. Come back, and Randy will still be doing the stud stable. I'm starting to think we're wrong here. <laughs> About what? We should let him do it longer? If we would just get this sponsored, we could just let it go endlessly. <laughs> Let's hit a break, and then we'll see if Randy's still going. Us? We'll see if Randy's still going when we get back, and we have to talk about the hot stove action that did not include the Minnesota Twins. That should have included the Minnesota Twins right after this. Mackie and Judd with Rami on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Phil Mackie here. Now, I've been talking about the new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs with superior 4K picture quality and Dolby Vision, and now TCL has new sound bars. The TCL Alto soundbar, simple to set up, and with available wireless subwoofers, TCL creates a truly immersive viewing and listening experience. The TCL Alto soundbars provide precision playback for any TV, and they play music from smartphones and laptops. TCL brings you excellent picture quality, sleek design, and stunning resolution, and now the TCL Alto soundbars deliver superb sound all at an affordable cost. The TCL Roku TV has endless entertainment with easy access to over a half million TV episodes and movies and thousands of streaming channels. I experience TCL daily with the TVs in the Scorner Studios. Everything looks great, but sports look especially amazing. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand and available at major retailers everywhere. Learn more at TCLUSA.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Download the Score North mobile app and register for listening rewards. This month, one lucky app user will win a $200 Amazon.com gift card just for having and registering their mobile app. You'll also have a chance at many other great prizes just for listening. All you have to do, download the app, register the app, and enter through listening rewards or just listen at scorenorth.com after his team's 39-10 win over the Chargers yesterday. Mike Zimmer was already looking ahead to next Monday night's game against the Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium saying... Yeah, I like being at home because uh, we got great fans. They're going to be loud. It should be a heck of a, heck of a football game on Monday night. Um, you know, Green Bay is obviously very, very good. And Rodgers is always a tough out. They got a uh, terrific uh, runner in Aaron Jones. And, you know, the defense is playing well. So um, it should be a heck of a ball game. They say get your popcorn ready. Popcorn ready is well, getting ready anyways, I guess. Already. It's a bit early. Rami, you're the food critic expert. A little early to get your popcorn ready? No. no? Just just ration. Just <laughs> ration it out. You got is that seven, gonna be stale by yeah, then? You got seven days. What if I want nachos and you not got, popcorn? Yeah, so then you might want to wait. That's been your score download. Just ration. Just make sure you have enough Rami. for a week. Uh Randy was given his stud stable. As we went into break. When we, we rudely interrupted we him. Had to fa- well, we didn't interrupt him. We let him keep, keep going. Is he still going? Well, when you know that he's able to go, 
you got a little extra juice in your step. And then when he gets hurt, you come out of the gates and you give us what we needed. Amir Abdullah, you're a stud. Alexander Madison, I know you didn't play yesterday, but I absolutely saw the way you were pumping up the guys and giving them a jolt. Alexander Madison, you're a stud. Man, he didn't even play. Tyler Conklin. Okay, fade about again. He said, he, knew, he said that he knew he didn't play. <laughs> Why he's observing the sidelines? I thought he went through the three phases. I thought he went offense, defense, special teams. Now we're going through guys who didn't even play. Last week. they were pumping guys up on the sideline. Last week we potted him down while he was doing defense. I think he was pivoting to offense as we potted him down. We came back and he was back on defense. Listen, man, the stud stable works in its own mysterious ways, okay? He's still going. You, you can fu- What? Yeah. Put him back yeah. up one more time. I, I just can't. Kyle Rudolph, you're a guy who everybody said, I'm not sure if we should bring Kyle Rudolph back. Well, guess what? That's true. He's had a hell of a season, and he's a stud. Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion, you came in late in that game. And it was a small role you played, but you showed everybody that you're able okay. to get out All there right. on the field. Okay. Sean Mannion came in. He did. Mopped up. Follow Randy at RandyVikes69. I strongly recommend that. Strong, strong. Recommend follow. I think all of those, that stud stable, that's one of his better stud stables. Judd, a couple more guys who uh, we had on our radar for the Twins in the hot stove season are uh, now off the radar, starting with Corey Kluber, who was traded uh, late Saturday night to the Texas Rangers from the Cleveland Indians for Delano DeShields Jr. and pitching prospect Emmanuel Clay. That, that one didn't hurt that bad because... A, I didn't think there was much of a chance of getting Kluber inside the division. And B, I just think Kluber's best days are probably behind him. Well, this is also to me... He's had some health problems. He's thrown a lot of innings. He's getting up there in years. If the Indians go through this uh, with this and also trade uh, Francisco Lindor possibly to the Dodgers, the Indians are bailing out. They're doing you a favor. See, but this this move says to me that they're not bailing out. They got, they got major league ready talent to try and help them win now. Yeah, they still know. have Bieber and Clevenger and Carrasco, and they, they got the, well, the interesting there. The interesting name that, that I saw tossed around last week, though, Clevenger, I think they're bailing. I think they want to bail out. If they do, great news. Yes. And so that, if you're the Twins, if you're the Twins, what Cleveland is doing does not disappoint you. No, I'm good with that. I don't think they're a better baseball team today than but they were But that's Friday. not the headline. No, that is not the headline. The one that does kind of grind my gears is Madison Bumgarner. Five years... $85 million to sign with the Arizona D-backs. Oh. <clears throat> how, how, does that de- how does that deal outdo whatever you offered Madison Bumgarner, Minnesota Twins? How is that a thing? Yeah. Uh, all right. Someone explain this to me. Well, first of all, first of all keep in mind it's Wasn't very important. Wasn't there talk four years and 100 million? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Wasn't there talk of four it's, years and 100 It's million. very important that we point out that Mad Bum has horses in Arizona whom he loves very much. Because I read that he loves his horses. Uh, no, in uh, in all candor, pay him enough. Our to guy, bring the horses north. Yeah, and our guy Doogie reported. I saw that um, the twins were not willing to go to five years, and I saw a lot of people, or I shouldn't say a lot. I saw a few people tweet and um, uh, pontificate on the fact that they agree that Madison Baumgartner, they wouldn't have gone to five years. I say hogwash. If I had to go to five years, a horse wash, <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. If I had to go to five years on Madison Bumgarner to get him, I would have done it. Yes, this disappoints me. 
I'm just going to tell you flat out, this rubs me the wrong way. Because again, and you know, I understand the offseason is not done, okay? So I don't know. They could make trades. They could sign Ryu. I don't know. I don't think they're going to, but let's just say, let's leave the possibility open. But when I saw that contract, my first reaction was exactly what you said, which is, how does this happen? When I saw the bidding war was heating up, I thought, okay, you might lose Bumgarner to the Dodgers. They've got they've got an endless line of money. There 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 were teams that were in in the rumor mill that were in this bidding war with the Twins, who I thought I can understand if they lose a bidding war to that team. But they Bumgarner went to the Diamondbacks on a bargain, five years, eighty five million, no, nowhere near what we were led to believe money wise would happen. And. I agree with you, Judd. Even if you don't think he's he, you can go five years that he will be well past the the value of his contract by the time that fifty year rolls around. Oh well, bite that bullet, yeah. cross that bridge when you come to it. Yeah, we talked about this or for two weeks. You can get in on this at six five one six four six eight two five five if you want to talk about the Minnesota Twins losing out on Madison Bumgarner and where they go from here. You can tweet us at Score North as well. Or if you really don't want to go to that fifth year. Make him a four-year offer that's lucrative enough that he doesn't care about that fifth year. If the Diamondbacks come to him with five, five years, eighty-five million, I say four years, ninety million. Come throw pitches for the Minnesota Twins. What? What? What was stopping them from making a better, more lucrative, more attractive offer to Madison Bumgarner? Unless the other things that you're talking about, he wants to stay in a warm weather climate. He wants to stay in the National League. His horses are in Arizona somewhere. Right, but keep in mind, if that was the deciding factor, that you weren't going to get him to come here anyways. But keep keep in mind, I would I would say that that's a fine path to explore. But Doogie flat out tweeted that the Twins didn't want to go to five years. Okay, so let's just start there. And my question is, if you had a bunch of bad contracts, let's say you were inundated with bad contracts. I might say to myself, okay, that stinks you didn't go to five years, but you got a bunch of bad contracts. But they don't. They've got, they're in payroll wise, contractually, they're in great shape right now. And I'm sorry, but if you're going to have the success that you so desire to have with a team right now that, as we saw, I think in 2019, is pretty damn good, you're going to have to write out some contracts you don't love. And five years for a guy who is, what, 29 right now? Mm hmm. Five years for him, with the track record that he has, with the confidence that you have that you can make a pitcher better, five years, you're telling me that that's it? You're not going to do that? You're not. And, and then my question becomes, then who are you going to do it for? And you were supposedly, what, willing to go to five years, $100 million for Wheeler, correct? Mm-hmm. But he has a history of far more arm problems than, than Mad Bum, who's had some injuries, but not arm problems. So I don't get the message here. I don't get what you're afraid of. I don't understand. And, and more importantly, I sit here with the same question that I've had for the past two weeks, and, and I thought that if they signed a guy like Bumgarner, it might be answered, which is, what's your path here, and what are you willing to do? Because you got a good team. You've done a good job. You know, it's a difficult conversation because nobody's saying that Falvey and Levine have not done a, a good job. Nobody. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who will flat out right now are screaming at their radio or at their computer or at their phone or wherever you, you are absorbing this show. And we appreciate it. Saying, so many ways to absorb saying, it. Judd, Judd, it's the poll ads. They won't pay. It's the poll ads. It's the poll ads. It's the poll ads. 
you know what? I think it's management. The executive, the executives who run this team. I think they don't think it was a smart move to get Madison Bumgarner at the price tag. That so, was on him. so what? Here's what I would like to know: What's a smart move aside from developing talent? And when you do, we all appreciate it. But aside from developing, from drafting and developing, what's the smart move that's going to take you outside your comfort zone? Because the only way to have true success in life, once in a while, is to step outside the comfort zone mm-hmm. and make a move and swallow hard and say. Didn't really want to do it, but had to. Right? Yeah. Had to do it. Yes. Had to do this one. No matter who you get from this point forward, whether it's in a trade or whether you go and get one of the remaining few free agents that are out there, you're probably going to pay more than that guy is worth. Whether it's in prospects, whether it's in money, whether it's on the back end of a deal, or whether it's right up front, whoever you go and get at this point in the offseason you're going to have to overpay because of what the market is for pitchers and how many teams are still out there looking for pitchers. And there is zero excuse for going to spring training without an improved starting rotation after you had to throw Randy Dobnak out there for a start at Yankee Stadium. Zero excuse for it. Especially when you know that Cleveland is bailing and you're pretty much the top team in the Central. Right. Well, and you just know that you have a really good team Mm -hmm. that needs this, that needs and... My fear is this, and this is my fear, not just about the Twins, but about um, baseball, young baseball executives in general. We're getting to a point now where I think too many people are trying to be too cute about how they're going to do things and trying to be the smartest person on the block. So they're not going to spend, or they're not going to do this, or they're going to do it this way. And some of those those thought processes are really, really, really good and surprise me, and I look at them and I'm like, that's really, really smart. But I also think there comes a point in time when you have to say to yourself, wow, man, we really don't want to trade our number two or three prospects, but we have to. Or, man, that's a five-year contract to a 30 or a 29-year-old pitcher who's going to be 35 when that contract expires. In the last year or two, or certainly the last year, we might have to just accept it. But that's also how you get to a point where you are parading a trophy around. Yeah. You're going to have to. The Yankees overpaid for Garrett Cole. Yeah. Garrett Cole will not be worth that contract by the back by the back end of it. Nine years? He's At not all. even going to be around right. probably in he seven. He might not even be in baseball. Correct. But guess what? But they knew that the window was open and that they were going to. Now, you can't pay overpay. You can't overpay. I can talk today to the degree that the Yankees do. But you have payroll flexibility right now if you're the Minnesota Twins. 651-646-8255 or tweet us at SKOR North with your thoughts on the Twins and missing out on Madison Bumgarner. James in St. Paul, he dialed that number. Now he's on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, James? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Uh, I called into Ventline yesterday because it, it was way too positive last night on Ventline. It's not the Ventline I tune in to hear. And, uh, Thanks, James. It, yeah, it, it was just way too positive. So I called in to vent about the Twins a little bit. Judd told me to call back. And you guys really hit on the major points. And I I am not a pull-ad pocket protector, but I defend the pull-ad because they've shown a willingness to spend when the opportunity is right. And I do believe the pull-ads are willing to spend. I believe the guys in question are Falvin, uh, Falvi, Levine, whoever you want to call them. And here's a couple points. First off, they didn't do anything at the trade deadline with the best 
slugging percentage, best power hitting team in history. They didn't do a dang thing at the deadline. I mean, Sam Dyson, he had good numbers before, but he didn't have an arm. He, he, he was injured. You didn't get a medical on him. I mean, they didn't do anything at the deadline. And it just, I, I want to like these guys. I really do. They're smart. They're hiring a bunch. Phil always points out, you know, they're hiring smart guys. They're spending millions on analytics and infrastructure. I really want to like these guys. But here's my problem. Uh, Levine, was it Levine who said impact pitching? He said impact pitching, and that quote is going to be on his tombstone if they don't do anything because he's promised impact pitching. We're going to pursue impact pitching. And from what I've seen, yeah, they make offers to Zach Wheeler. Maybe they made an offer to Madison Bumgarner. And I don't think they're calculating, okay, what's the right offer to say we were interested? I believe they're genuinely interested, but they just show a lack of aggressiveness. You know, you had, what, $50 million to equal last year's payroll at the start of the offseason, and they've showed a lack of aggressiveness on impact pitching, and it just makes me really bummed out because I'm super excited off a 100-win season. I'm in that right demographic for season tickets, but they aren't doing a thing to inspire me to go get season tickets or even buy a ticket package because they just don't have a lack of aggressiveness. And I said it yesterday, you know, I don't expect them to go after Cole or Strasburg or anything like that. But the Phillies get a Wheeler for Christmas. The Diamondbacks get a Bumgarner for Christmas. The Angels get a Rendon for Christmas. And uh, here in Minnesota Twinsland, we're with a Caleb Steele bar who uh, better be the second coming well, of Mariano Rivera for me to for me to believe in them a little more. But uh, yeah, you guys touched on it. And every every day, the the price for John Gray goes up. The the price for uh, Ryu goes up. James, and we got full phone lines, man. But we we appreciate yeah. the call. And Thanks, I'm, James. One hundred percent with Good you. Call. The only thing that changes the way I feel about Madison Bumgarner today is if somebody better or equal to him is in that rotation by opening day. That's the only way. That's going to be you're going to be hard pressed to get that this. now, right? And at this point, you're going to overpay to the same degree. Dave, Alabama, you're on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What's up, Dave? Hey guys, hey. Uh, great show. Thanks. Um, thanks for taking the call. What is what do you think the possibility is that the Cy Young pitchers and All Star pitchers don't want to work with a uh, pitching coach who's only got one year of pro ball under his belt? Do I think that? Do we think that? I don't think no. What's what's the possibility of that being the location issue? Um, I would guess very small because I think that that Wes Johnson it sounded it sounded like was highly regarded this past year. I think the location issue is more geographic in terms of where it is in relation to his family and his life. It's the his weather. His horses aren't here. It's the weather. Yeah, his horses too. I included. That I don't think family. it's pitching coach. It's the weather. I don't think it's pitching coach, and it's National League. He he wants yeah. to hit. He wants Madison Bumgarner likes to hit, and that's why. But I to Rami's point, then that's that's where you swoop in and say five years, and here's ten million more, and all of a sudden, oh boy, I can't hit. That's too bad. Okay, where do I sign? Right. But I think all you have to do. Thanks for the call, Dave. If people are hesitant, because Wes Johnson, if I'm not wrong, he was the first. He was the first pitching coach hired straight from college with no major league experience whatsoever. And I think the Yankees have now done the same if, thing. If, I'm if not there mistaken. is any hesitance about that from from established major league pitchers and guys who have done to the extent of what Madison Bumgarner has done in this league, I just point to Michael Pineda. I point to Jake Odorizzi. I point to even Martin Perez well, and say, "Look what we did with these guys." And if somebody comes to you and and says, "This guy can improve you at 30? You'd have to be a really stubborn sob to say, "Oh, well, I don't want that help." No, I, th- I, 
I think that, yes, in every case, there's probably going to be specific areas that people want to go to. I completely understand that. But that's where you come in and say, Madison, talking about a five-year contract here, and we're talking about a team that, with the right people, can win a World Series. Do you think Minnesota has an image problem? Somebody called into Score North Live today and said, not sure what it is, but for whatever reason, this does not seem like, from a living standpoint, an attractive destination to professional athletes when presented the opportunity to come oh, and play here. That's a really interesting question. Uh, for a summer league sport, I would guess it shouldn't. No. That's what I would say. Now, too. if the twin now now do I think that the twins well, for a long time there, the, the twins were probably seen as a desirable franchise, really well run, and then that disintegrated. And so that's a problem because then then you say, well, that team's a dumpster fire. That team's not well run. That team's a mess. Do I think that there's an actual problem in, in the state? If you are an East Coast, West Coast guy, probably. But Mad Bum strikes me as a country living, let's go hunting, and I got my horses on the farm guy. No, I think this is just one where I really believe what Duke said, which is the twins looked at five years and said, we're out. Here's a tweet from uh, Daniel who steals a joke I was just about to make. He says, wake up, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. No matter how much money you offer a player, any sport, if they don't want to come here for whatever reason, they won't come. It's not Aldi and Levine's. I think it means Falvi and Levine's. That's probably an autocorrect. Or the poll ad's fault. That's true. You can lead a horse to water, but not make him drink. Let's get in uh, Miguel in Minneapolis. He'll have the final word on this for now. What's up, Miguel? Hey, I was on the same thing. Look, sometimes guys just don't want to come play for your organization. And that, that's a reality, no matter how much you might want to give them or do for them. They might not want to be here, and that's a reality, too. But as far as the Twins going to get some pitching, yes, at this point they're going to have to pay. Uh, looks, I mean, when you look at the market, you're going to have to pay a 30-year-old something. And, you're, and, and, and the thing about it is if you are the Twins, and because they're kind of in a no-win situation, what happened was that the Central got really bad, <laughs> and then that they, caught, they end up winning a really bad division, and now you're kind of the head of the class because everyone else is kind of bottoming out. But you, you're not really actually that great either. You, like you, you have a lot of holes in, in pitching, being the main one. Uh, they maybe they, I don't know. A lot of these guys are looking. They're going to want those five, six, seven, eight, nine year deals. And I don't know if the Twins are going to be able to without, like you guys are mentioning, overpaying. If you want to go three, four years on a short time, you're going to have to overpay tremendously. Yeah. Yes, and help and hope that you can get some value uh, in the first couple of years on that guy, and, and then and then just go from there. But um, they're just in a bad spot because of what happened to them. But, I mean, they but there's no cap, Miguel. A little bit earlier, they can do go it. Ahead, oh, I, I said there, there's no cap here. I mean, what once in a while you're going to have to write a painful contract. You just have to. For sure. You know, for sure, it's life. If Absolutely. you want to win, and and that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you on that part. Yep. Like, they're gonna, if you want to get to that next level, yep, they're just going to have to overpay a couple of these guys and and see what it does. I mean, and and if, and if you're going to overpay, I don't mind them overpaying, but I would like to see shorter contracts than if you have to overpay, so you don't handicap yourself moving forward. Thanks for the call, Miguel. Thanks, Appreciate Miguel. It. Talk to you later. Take care. The only way you weren't going to overpay this offseason for what you needed was if the free agent market moved at the same speed that it has the last few years. And the Dodgers, the Yankees, the major players 
of the free agency world were sitting back and waiting to see what the big ticket guys were going to do, then maybe you could have swooped in and got a Madison Bumgarner or even a Zach Wheeler or swung a trade for a Robbie Ray type at a lower price than what you'll pay now. But when the market moved the way that it did this offseason and when the winter meeting started, the price started going up for everybody. And now the Twins and everybody else who needs a pitcher finds themselves in a position where you're either going to overpay in prospects or money or go without. And I don't think going without and going to spring training with the same rotation, essentially, that you came last year with is an option. And let's stop Let's stop casting our, our um, assumption that Mad Bum didn't want to play here when we know for a fact it's out there now that the Twins looked at five years and said that's too much for us. That's the key here, okay? Wheeler? Okay. His, his wife was from Jersey. He signed with the Phillies. We can say... The Twins bid, now it sounds like they came about $18 million short of what the Phillies bid on Wheeler, but they but they tried there. This one was a conscious decision by the Twins to say, that's too many years, and that rubs me the wrong way, because eventually you're going to have to do... Now, if you tell me that you're going to turn around and trade a top prospect or two for a really good starting pitcher, I'm going to say, okay, you're doing something, but you got to do something. you got to pick something. We We can't just sit here and say, well, we're... We're going to keep developing all our prospects, and we're not going to give out contracts we're uncomfortable with ever, and we're just going to, because guess what? Then what are you doing to, because if if you have, the ultimate hubris is to say, our window's forever. It's not for anybody. Baseball is I agree, right. but that's sort of what this is. Right now, until something changes, and it could change in a week, it could change in two, it could change in a month. But until something changes, right now, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing is, our windows as long as we think. And you're right, Rami, that's not true. That's absolutely not true. And I can and tell it's... you that after what we saw in 2019, there is a window open here. And no one's going through it. It would be foolish to think that your window is perpetually open when you're the Minnesota Twins. And the first caller that we had is a 1,000% right in saying that as the deadline approached, and we all thought to ourselves, Bumgarner, that type of trade, you, you went and got... Romo, who was nice, it's a nice pitcher, and Dyson, who was a disaster. And those were your moves. Right. I'm sure uh, Mackie will have thoughts on this when he's back tomorrow. Uh, we'll hit a quick break, and on the other side, get back to some Vikings and NFL talk. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights. Next, Mackie and Judd with Rami on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Hey, guys, it's Mackie here for Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Cannot tell you guys enough about the brand-new 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving all summer long. The RAV4, there's a reason why it's one of the most popular vehicles in the country right now. It's the best combination of the spaciousness of an SUV and the handling of a Camry or a Corolla. Durable, powerful, safety features galore, technology galore. It's actually the first car I've had with Apple CarPlay built into the uh, the front deck. And I just love the fact that I can tap on the Score North app whenever I want to. Well, I know, I'm biased. Um, I also love the fact that I get lane assist and with cruise control, my car senses how far the other cars are in front of me. So I don't have to slam on the brakes. It does that for me. It's amazing. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com or just stop in. Open until 9 o'clock tonight on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. 
On second and two, River. Under pressure. Lost the ball. It's on the ground. And picked up by the Vikings. Down the sideline. To the end zone. It's Fadio Denebo. For the touchdown. Rivers running out of time. Now puts it up in the air. It's intercepted at midfield. Picked off by Harrison Smith. Well, floating it down the middle of the field isn't the way to get it done. Those highlights on CBS. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Mackie out. It's Judd with Rami today. But the guy who is in, and he's in here every Monday at this time from NFL Network, it's Tom Pelissero and his NFL Insights. Tom, how are you this afternoon, sir? Uh, probably than the, better than the Chargers after seven turnovers yesterday against the Vikings. Tom, why don't the Chargers have, um, what's the word I'm looking for, fans in Los Angeles? <laughs> they had like 80, 90% Vikings fans in the stands there yesterday. Uh, it's been a complicated transition for them. The Rams had a one-year head start uh, into that marketplace. Of course, the Rams had already uh, been in the L.A. market, so there were some, you know, I'm sure old-school fans who got back into it. Uh, the Chargers thought with about half their uh, season ticket base in Los Angeles County that that would help them uh, make a smoother transition. But they're playing in a soccer stadium. Again, they were the second team in. The Rams had instant success with Sean McVay, um, you know, which, which didn't necessarily help them out either. It's just there, There's a lot of different factors to it. The real question is going to be what is the makeup when they move into the new stadium next year with a lot more seats, uh, how many people are showing up for Chargers games, period, much less how many of them are going to be wearing Chargers colors. Uh, you know, this is not the Raiders moving from Oakland to L.A. back to Oakland and to Las Vegas where they kind of got this national and, uh, to a degree, transient fan base. Uh, the Chargers left a lot of their fans uh, in San Diego, and to this point, at least in terms of people in the stadium, they have not uh, yet... I've been able to recapture it. So in the new stadium, Tom, the Rams are the main team, correct? And the Chargers are going to, to lease the stadium in some ways from the Rams? The Chargers are the Chargers are tenants. It will okay. look like a Chargers stadium uh, on the days where the Chargers are playing. Everything's video boards now. It's not like MetLife Stadium where they have to physically change out like a thousand Giants logos to a thousand Jets logos. <laughs> uh, it, it will look like a Chargers stadium. But yeah, there are they are a tenant. You know, they wanted to go. You remember, they wanted to go to Carson and build a joint stadium with the uh, with the Raiders in Carson, California. That's that right. had some support several years ago. Meanwhile, Stan Kroenke had his own idea, and basically the and I don't want to call it the compromise, but it was the idea that they came up with. And Jerry Jones was one of the people instrumental in this. Was to approve the Kroenke project over the likes of, you know, Jerry Richardson supporting the Carson project and then give the Chargers the first option uh, to move into L.A. Uh, there were plenty of people within the league who never thought the Chargers would actually do it mm-hmm. because, again, you're playing in a soccer stadium for multiple years. You're hemorrhaging revenue. Then to be the second team in, be an attendant in somebody else's stadium, uh, but rather than plumbing money into renovations in San Diego, they decided they were going to go to L.A., catching plenty of people off guard, and now, um, you know, again, we'll see what happens because they're moving into a new stadium. There's some unpredictability there. The league certainly believes that new stadium is going to be very profitable, Um, but how quickly do they, you know, make up for the money that they lost in the move? Uh, What kind of fan base do they develop? All that is still to be determined. 
So, Tom, the, the uh, Vikes in the last two games have beaten the pants off the Lions and Chargers. Tell me this. What do you take from what you've seen of the Vikings in those two games? And, and how much are you going to be looking for in the Packer game just based on, on the fact that they're going to be playing not even a great team again, but certainly a competent, good team? Because there's a faction of of Vikings fans that look at the Chargers win and say, well, you can't tell a thing because the Chargers stink. And there's a faction that say, well, no, that, that's an, an impressive win. And I say if you go on the road and put up 39 points on a team, that's impressive. But how much have you gleaned from the, those last two games, and how much more do you think there is left to glean from the Vikings when they play the Packers a week from tonight? Well, I think there's truth in that, Jed. Anytime you're scoring, you know, beating a team by 30 points outside your building, even if you know, it's mostly Vikings fans in the stands, uh, that, that certainly is impressive. I think over the past two games, you've seen them, you know, against the Lions, they were physically dominant up front. And then, uh, you know, coming back in this game, they, they played well in, in all facets. I mean, that's, that's what you want to see. Uh, you know, they need one more win to get in. They still have a chance to win the division. Uh, and you hope they show up. I mean, you remember last year, we were sitting there after week 15 going, well, they only need two things, right? It was beat the Eagles and then you had to have one other thing happen. You yep. couldn't have this, you know, combination of different things go wrong. Well, every single thing, well, it wasn't the Eagles, but the point being, they had to win, get an Eagles loss. They had to win and get an Eagles loss and they would have been in. And instead, that second thing never happened and they lay an egg in week 17. Uh, the fact that they've come out ready to play, they've played well. Kirk Cousins, you know, we're, I feel like now that he's strung together as many good games in a row as he has, we've stopped talking about Kirk Cousins altogether. Uh, the fact that you are sitting here right now talking about him having 25 touchdown passes, four or five interceptions at this point in the season, a 111 passer rating, that's not getting enough attention. We talk about Kirk Cousins when he plays badly. This has been, this has been a pretty impressive run for him, especially when you consider very little Adam Thielen over the past two months. Dalvin Cook going in and out of games for the past several weeks. Uh, this is a, a big deal, what they're putting together here, but the ultimate measuring stick is going to be a game this coming Monday night against the Packers. It's going to be a phenomenal environment in that stadium and a chance to make up for a Week 2 game that when you talk to Vikings players, they feel like between the uh, the call that went against them reversing that touchdown and then just the way that they dug themselves that 21 nothing hole, they feel like that's a game that they should have won. They think that they're the better team. Uh, and they'll get a chance to prove it here on national TV. But how much of this matters if Dalvin Cook can't get back to being close to 100%? Because I give him a chance in these last two games without Dalvin Cook, but as far as a playoff run goes, Tom, I don't think they can make much noise in January and February if, if Dalvin Cook isn't right. Well, we didn't, we don't know the exact nature of the the shoulder injury. Mike Zimmer said it's something different than what he had before. Um, you know, he was dealing with that SC joint sprain previously. Uh, obviously, he's got a lot of stuff going on in his upper body right now um, you know, that he's going to have to try to play through. You know, this is, this is a huge game. I mean, this is the season to a degree on Monday night. Yes, you would come back, lose that game, beat the Bears, but then you're in a you know, definite wild card type of a situation. There's it's all on the line. I mean, this, this is a, a make-it type of game. Dalvin Cook, I guarantee, will want to be out there if he is physically able to. Uh, he's absolutely key to what they do, but I also think that you're seeing why they kept around some of those other backs. We've seen Anthony Madison, Mike Boone, they held on to for a long time. He does some things well. Um, they, they've got some really talented runners, and that's a credit to Rick Spielman and George Payton and that personnel staff to, 
to have that level of depth. Not everybody has a bunch of running backs you can roll out like that. I'd say that any of those guys are Dalvin Cook. It's still his room. He's the, the star of that group. But you've got some other guys that are competent, and if Kirk Cousins can continue to throw the ball the way that he has, uh, you're, you're going to have a chance regardless who you're handing off to. Tom Pelissero's NFL Insights here on Mackey and Judd with Rami as we get every Monday at this time. Tom, can you explain to me what happened with the coin flip in the Cowboys-Rams game? Because I've watched it, I've read about it, I'm still not sure I'm clear on what exactly, how exactly that all played out. I am. I did not see it live. I was in transit from uh, from the stadium in Nashville to the airport. But in reading the pool report, in essence, what they're saying is, eventually, you said he said the word defer, yes. even though the first thing out of Dak Prescott's mouth was, "We're going to kick or we're going to play defense." Whatever it was he said, he eventually uh, said defer. You know, I was reading the pool report. Remembering the Seinfeld episode where Jerry's trying to return something and Clark asks why and he says spite. And then the guy's like, you can't, you can't return something because of spite. And he goes, okay, well then I didn't want it. And it's like, well, you already said spite. Oh. Uh, apparently that does not apply here. And now if you realize the wrong thing came out of your mouth, uh, as long as you also said defer, you catch it. It's going to be overturned. Bottom line with this, and I'm sure that everybody will have the pro-Cowboys, uh, you know, types of conspiracy theories. Number one, Cowboys weren't losing that game regardless. I mean, right. they, they beat them pretty good up and down the field. But two, don't you want just the right thing to happen, not the gotcha technicality thing? Like, we we all know what Dak, Dak Prescott meant. There's plenty of people who probably didn't even know what the hell anyone was talking about, didn't realize that it's defer, not kick, in order to get the ball in the second half. It's the same thing. That's what they intended to do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, channel any outrage on that one. Tom, in, in a season in which there are, to me, um, a lot of confusing teams. There's a lot of teams that I watch, and I'm like, okay, this team's good. No, they're not good. Yes, they are good. Blah blah blah. Who are the Rams? The Rams uh, conf- team that's probably probably not going to be in the playoffs. No, but who are point. but who are they? I mean, they beat you know they they look terrible against Baltimore at home. They beat Seattle, which is a nice team at home. They go to Dallas and get absolutely waxed by a team that has good personnel, but is is has some questionable coaching. Are the Rams? Are they good? Is Goff good? Is this just a team that spiked up and now has gone down? What do you think? Well, I think that. They had a lot of challenges they were dealing with the entire season, going back to the offensive line makeover that they had, losing basically the entire interior of their offensive line. So defensively, they felt the need in October to make a massive shakeup and trade multiple first-round picks to get Jalen Ramsey to stick Aqib Tlaib on IR and then trade him, to trade away Marcus Peters. I mean, you blew up. Aaron Donald's still there, but you blew up part of the core of your defense in the middle of the season, and that was indicative of where they felt they were. They, they needed to take a swing for it. Uh, I think that one of the things in talking to people who watch the game closely have been uh, baffled to a degree by is they don't seem like they're moving the parts around a lot on defense right now, that they're just not, you're kind of, you know what you're getting from them. Where last year, I mean, Wade Phillips put together an unbelievable game plan in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. That defense drove a lot of things. Yeah, they had that game where they gave up 50-odd points to the Chiefs, but that defense drove a lot last year. It hasn't happened. At a time that you needed to take some pressure off the offense because they were working through the O-line issues because they had injuries to their receivers, Brandon Cook's missing time with the concussion, Robert Woods was nicked up. 
Um, Todd Gurley, they were trying to be careful with his workload early in the season and ramp him up, and you've seen more of him uh, in the past few games. It just it, it has not meshed up. Now, they can still get in, but they need uh, some serious help here in the form of the Vikings losing a couple of games. I mean, that's their only scenario is the Vikings lose two and they win two uh, to get into the postseason. Uh, I would certainly imagine they're going to be a team, we're talking about them going into the draft next year, that's going to be looking for offensive line help. And guess what? They don't have a first-round pick to do it. Last one for you real quick, Tom. We have to ask you about, I'm sure you've seen the video footage by now, of the the Patriots getting caught red-handed, taking video of the Bengals' sideline when they were supposed to be shooting footage for a documentary about an advanced scout. What did you make of what you saw and heard, and where does the league go from here with all this? Well, we knew what was on that tape uh, a week ago. I, I've talked about it many times in NFL Network. It's you know that it was a shot of the sideline and then panning to the to the field, um, you know, going going back and forth, shooting exactly what an, a, an advanced scout would be looking at. Uh, you know, Jay Glazer obtained the tape that shows the the back and forth between Bengals security and the videographers, which certainly uh, you know is interesting to watch. But you know, this was something where there was seen to be this idea that this is all going to go away. The Bengals were furious, okay? They were not going to let this go. The tape was getting out one way or another. I thought that it would happen after the NFL made a disciplinary decision, but instead it's now. Um, The league has had the tape from the day this all happened. Uh, The Patriots have admitted that they filmed the sideline. The the only question has been the motive. It's been why did this happen? Uh, Was it really a videographer who didn't know better? Uh, who is, you know, for an area or an advanced scout say, I watch the person, the signals and I watch the substitutions and then I look at the field. Uh, that's what they were shooting. They were shooting exactly what the advanced scout would be looking at. Uh, the fact that this is the Patriots certainly elevates it because you do have a history there. The Patriots have denied that it had anything to do with football ops. Bill Belichick has denied it. Um, but you know, there's plenty of other teams in the league that want to see something done here too. It just seems like it's a big coincidence, which it, it may well be. And that's what the league has to sort out, though, I, I would imagine. I don't know specifics, but I would think that you were obtaining any and all relevant evidence to the chain of command on that documentary, who knew about it, what was involved, what communication was there, what directives. Uh, there, there's a lot more to it. Even though you have the video, the video is not in dispute. It is what it is. Um, they got to figure out how this entire thing came about, and it's uh, you know may take a little bit of time here. That's Tom Pelissero and his NFL insights. When can the people see you on the NFL Network, Tom? All the time, forever, Rami. <laughs> yeah, you're never really off, are you, Tom? <laughs> Hardest working yeah, man in showbiz. Yeah, specifically every day from uh, noon to two central, six to seven central. Oftentimes from six a.m. to nine a.m. central. Uh, and then next Monday night, I'll be talking to you guys from uh, the field level, U.S. Bank Stadium. We'll have live coverage all day leading up to what should be uh, one of the games of the season here. There you go, Tom Pelissero. Always a pleasure, Tom. Thank See you so Tommy. much, man. Appreciate it. All right, fellas. And he joins us every Monday at 5 o'clock for his NFL insights. That that was hilarious. Are you going to play it? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. pulling it up right now. I, I had to stop what I was doing when I saw what Jay Glazer had and just go it's just stand great. in front of my TV with my jaw wide open so I could see and hear this. 
the piece you're filming on your advanced scout? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. I don't see the advanced scout in this footage. No, it's not. We were trying to get some field perspective. My bad. Let's make the fields. I'm the enemy. That's why you would think you could take that. I didn't know. I didn't but I can delete this right here for you. Too late, dude. All right, I have. Did you hear the incredulousness of the Bengals security? Like that they the, thought they could get away with the this garbage. O- the only time in the existence in this league of the Bengals and Patriots where the Bengals have been in control. Yeah, the only time. <laughs> only time. I have. I have a question no for you guys. No matter what the situation, Savage Judd will come out. Is that a TV cop show or The Departed? Ooh. Because the Bengal security guy sounds like a TV cop. Show. Come on, guys! It sounds like a TV cop show. But the Patriots guy sounds like the Departed. It's the Departed. You know why it's not the Departed? Because in the Departed, they were all professional criminals and were smart enough yep. that if they got caught, they would have a story ready. This guy was not ready to get caught. He didn't have a viable I can story. Erase it. Hey he man, I can an make it all the way. And what do you mean I can erase it? Because he was hoping the guy would say yes, so they wouldn't have this you footage. Just got which caught red-handed. Have. There also in wasn't the enough swearing for that to be the Departed. What's the? Li- That's true. Yeah. What's the? Uh, the phrase, the damage is, is already done, guys? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just great. Like, it is one of those. Like, deleting it makes it makes it okay. That's like that's like a cop rolls up on you, and you have a Molot- a flaming Molotov cocktail in your hands. You're ready right. to throw Not it through. Anything, ready sir. to throw it through a storefront, and, he's, and you're like, I can just... I could just put it out, officer. Yeah, I could just, just put it. it out. No harm, no foul. We're all good here, right? No. No, we're not. We are not all good here. <laughs> what do here. you do about the Patriots now, though? I don't know. What do How you do at do this point? How do you think the Bengals felt at that time when their security is just like, yeah, we uh, got the Patriots. They're filming something. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. So is the Patriot? Okay. Question for you guys. Is the Patriots, because this was the Bengals. Mm-hmm. If you're the Bengals, are you really upset and mad because the Patriots were cheating, or is is this if I <laughs> this found out that is a model the win of your was stalking me? <laughs> like, if I found out a model was stalking me, at some point I'd be like, well, I, I was being stalked. That's sort of creepy and weird. But you're a model! Right. That's awesomeness, too! Like, you catch Kate Upton across the street yes. with a pair of binoculars. Like, am I mad about it? Or <laughs> I'm am I a little proud about that. Yeah, or do I just go, go to my wife and be like, honey, Kate Upton was stalking me! Can you believe it? It's the greatest day of my life. Bengals are talking to the Browns. Guys, the Patriots were spying on us because they're terrified they of really us. really think we're good. What? They thought enough of us to actually try and cheat. <laughs> they, they cared thought, about this they game. They thought they needed to cheat to beat us, guys. That's the Did greatest, you guys do that? That's the greatest compliment Bill Belichick can give. <laughs> and the Browns are like, no one's tried to cheat by filming our sideline. <laughs> well, no, because you're the Browns. We're the Bengals. you got Freddie Kitchens as your coach. We're not afraid of you. But I really don't know what the league does at this now, what point. What do you do with them? Because you already took away draft picks and you can't the first them. time they got caught. You can't, keep, you can't fine, just find them again. A fine doesn't matter. No. At and some I point, you got to take away wins, right? At some point, you have kind to, of unprecedented. No, at some but... point, you have to suspend Bill Belichick. Yeah. I'm no, Yes. I agree with you. And I said today, I was talking to Collar about this on Score North Live. Again, weekdays, noon to two. It's me and a rotating panel of Score North personalities as my co-host. It's really a fun show. You should check it, it out. Wait, 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 wait. When's it on? It's on noon to two, Judd, but you can listen to it whenever you want. I probably have to pay for it. On the, I don't no, want... it's free on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Totally right. free. Good but day. I said to Collar that, like any good mob boss, 
Bill Belichick has put enough layers between him and the actual oh. crime that's been perpetuated <laughs> right. that you can't die, tie it directly back this to This guy him. works for Robert Kraft. Exa- but Collar brought up a good point, which is that this isn't, this isn't a judicial legal system. This isn't a justice system that we're dealing with where you need necessarily but still got to it. have a smoking gun or a direct tie to Bill Belichick. But to, your point is not wrong. He t- he has done a very good job. Kyle's right the, too. He's got the Chris Carter fall guy. Yeah, he's always got that fall guy ready. Yeah, but I mean, anybody with common sense has to know at this point that this comes from the top. That this that Bill mm-hmm. Belichick is as in on this as anybody, if not the one directly ordering this. Does he need to? I'll, I'll take a, a step beyond being um, suspended. Does the league need to mandate Bill Belichick's removal permanently as the Patriots coach? I don't think they would go that far the first time that they try and levy a a penalty against him. Two thousand seven. No, he got fined. I think they five hundred thousand oh, dollars. Right. That's right. That. No, no, no. He was uh, he was found guilty in Spygate. Yeah. I would I would think they take away wins before they tell a, tell a team to fire a coach. If this is what it appears to be, it's uncontrollable. Right. There's no amount of hubris. There's no amount. Spygate won. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, and, and I, I think the whole thing became overblown eventually, the Deflategate thing was real. Yes. You know, they had a guy named the Deflator. No, he lost a lot of weight, Judd. This, oh, is that what yeah. it was? <laughs> that was my nickname, too. And now, so this is, what, at least the third thing? In which case, there's probably way more than three things. At some point, I mean, you can't, it's not college, so you can't kill the team for a year or something. You can't say you guys death aren't going to death you penalty. You guys are out of the playoffs for the next three years. <laughs> but you could go you and say, and a playoff I spot. think you could force, and I'm sure we'd go to court, but I think you could force the at least removal of the prime person behind this, and that appears to be Bill Belichick. You would think so. You would think so. But, and I heard Levitard make this point this morning, the best thing for the NFL is for this to just go away. However they Again? can however they can because it's gonna keep coming back. Legacies like those of Belichick and Brady are good for the NFL. Sure, but this and is tarnishing them and tainting them by shining a light but on Rami, things this. Rami, like this is the third time in second serious and inf- very serious infraction and against how often, Belichick. How often does it actually come up when we talk about the greatest quarterbacks of all time or the greatest coaches of all time? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are still on those lists for everybody, and the more we talk about it, the more a light is shined on this the more people are going to start taking them out of those conversations because their legacy is now tainted and tarnished, and that's not good for the league. No, That's not good for the league no, that the greatest dynasty of this era and one of the greatest of all time has a major black eye. But it's worse for the league that clearly the people in charge of this team continue to flaunt it, don't care what the league thinks, think the commissioner is clearly a joke, and and because they are in their minds, and partially this is true, the smartest people in the room, they continue to basically tell the league, we don't care, and we're going to continue. You lost draft, you lost first round draft picks. You, you got your coach fined half a million dollars. You got the team fined, and now you're doing the same thing. And by the way, you're doing it against the Bengals. Oh, they were doing this against everybody. The sure. Bengals just caught them. But you were doing it for the Bengals too. Yeah, this is. Ed, I'm sorry, but you can't. I I understand what what you're saying about the league wanting it to go away, but my gosh, at some point you got to draw a line and say we can't have this. We'll get back to the Vikings and some of our nitpicks. We'll wrap Royce after a short break. Hey guys, it's Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I want to talk to all you business owners out there. I've been a business owner myself. 
I know what goes into it. You love the ups and you love the elations, but you're also grinding on a daily basis, solving problems, taking care of employees, and sometimes even being around your employees more than your own family. So it helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running said business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You get a face-to-face relationship, and you get over a century of experience in Federated helping businesses become as successful as they can be. It's a Minnesota-based company down in Owatonna, and their website is a very powerful tool for all of you business owners. Federatedinsurance.com to find out about the industries that Federated protects and federatedinsurance.com to find your federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Do your holiday shopping online and save up to 70% with the Score North holiday online auction. Golf packages, electric bikes, countertop, countertops, sea life passes, and more. To view and bid on items, visit scorenorth.com and enter keyword auction. After yesterday's 39-10 win over the Chargers, Kirk Cousins reached 10 wins for the first time in his NFL career. Here's what he had to say about the Vikings getting to 10 wins on the season. You know, we've got to finish strong. Uh, it's a two-game season now, and, and with the way we played the first 14, we've put ourselves in a position to have a lot to play for these last two games. And uh, 10 wins is, is a, a good place to be, but there's a better place to be, and that'd be 11 or 12. So that's what we're chasing. And The NFC is pretty talented at the top. And so it's going to take, um, you know, a great effort these last two weeks to be able to, you know, get seated and, and get in. That's uh, been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. On 1500, scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Rami Makloff, Judd Zolgad, Mackie out today. He'll be back tomorrow. We'll wrap with Royce in uh, just a few minutes here. Judd, that was impressive the way you put away that peanut brittle before you had to crack your mic open. It was very good, too. Because peanut brittle. Well done. Peanut Patrick br- brought it in. It was, it's fantastic. Peanut brittle and talking do not go together. Ooh. I just ate one piece. It was good, though. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I'm not a huge fan, but th- but that was solid. I told Jonathan he should do the whole score north download eh. chewing on peanut brittle. That might have been. Eh. That might have I been have trouble radio. reading those reads the way it is. I don't want to try and put peanut brittle. I, yeah, and then oh, you're. Yeah, and then you're. Uh, no, no, no. Ed is going to be all over the mic. Manny's yeah. got to talk into that mic tomorrow. Yeah, they're probably better off yeah. not doing it. I think I, we're all better for it. Every week around this time, we give you our uh, Vikings nitpicks the mm. day after a Vikings game. I don't know that there is a ton to nitpick in this game. Judd, what, do you have Vikings nitpicks in this one, whether it be the game, the broadcast? I didn't have a lot to necessarily take oh, issue you know with I in this football you for this. game. Are, are you on the Viking Vent Line page right now? Uh, I am, actually. Uh, yes. Can you go to the first category, left-hand side? On the and left. There's a Daniil Hunter highlight. Gotcha. Uh, can you just play that? Sure. See how the Chargers start this second half. They started with Austin Eckler in the backfield. Thank you. And a little give to Gordon. Gordon lost the football. And the Vikings have it. Daniil Picks it up. Ah. He is a Pro Bowl defensive end. Forget Pro Bowl. Let me just tack on to what you're about to say. This guy should be in the discussion for Defensive Player of the Year. And legitimately in the discussion for Defensive Player of the Year. Not like you were trying to put Kirk Cousins in the discussion in air quotes for MVP earlier this year. Daniil Hunter, no air quotes needed, should be in the discussion for Defensive Player of the Year right now. He is one of, for sure... The best defensive ends in the National Football League playing a premium position, right? Yes. Daniil Hunter, right? Yes. His head coach can't pronounce his name. 
Greg Gumbel can't pronounce his name. You know, if he was a backup, I'd be like, ah, that's too bad, but there's 53 guys on a team and there's a lot of guys because I know being an announcer is not easy. I have uh, empathy for that. But to what you just said, the credentials, can we get his name right? It's not just Bryant Gumbel, though. Do I have the right Gumbel? Greg Gumbel. Greg Gumbel. Here Gumbel I am and, screwing up names. Do you remember Gumbel, Gumbel and Gumbel? Gumbel? Yes. Really... From Family Guy. <laughs> so good. Yeah. But it's not just Greg Gumbel. It was like chips. It was, yeah, it was very Judd, when I, when I talk to people outside of Minnesota was head about, about the Minnesota Vikings, he's the fourth or fifth name that people bring up. They'll talk about Everson Griffin, Harrison Smith, uh, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendrick, Xavier Rhodes. People will go down a list of names before they get to Daniil Hunter, and when they get there, they usually mispronounce it for whatever reason. That's a net of mine. For whatever reason, people do well, have not taken attention to Daniil Hunter, despite him being the youngest player ever to 50 sacks at the age of 25. I understand that his name is probably unique, okay? Mm -hmm. But when you're this good, when you're this dominant, when you play a position that teams absolutely are dying to find guys at, let's get his first name right. I think it goes beyond the name, though. I think that people just don't really well, know how good he is. Then that's a good knit, too, because that's a mistake on their part. Uh, we have breaking hot stove news, guys. Jonathan, can you give me some breaking news Whoa! music? Twins hot stove breaking news. Legitimately. Is that not in the system? Bum, bum, it's in the system. I just don't have it on the button. I think I know what right. it is. I think I saw it. I think you saw it, too. It's not. It, it doesn't deserve the music if it's what I saw. I think saw. it deserves the music. <laughs> You're so over, overselling this. Josh Donaldson just signed? No. Uh, Jesse Sanchez. Bum, backed out, and he's coming here? Jesse Sanchez of MLB.com <laughs> reports that reliever Sergio Romo is close to finalizing a one-year deal with an option with the Minnesota Twins. The deal is pending a physical. Sergio Romo back in the fold for your Minnesota Twins. Really, you wanted the breaking news for that? We're really playing yes. the music now for guys coming back here. Or that music. Jonathan, tell Rami what he doesn't win. <laughs> you don't win anything. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, though. I mean, it wasn't guaranteed he was coming back, and Sergio Robo is a big part of that. Was a big part of that bullpen down the stretch. I think that's a. I think that's yeah, good but news. it's not breaking news. All who don't think that was worthy of the breaking news music, please raise your hand. People, we're that's on two radio, people guys. Nobody, two people just said I. Yeah, I could, right. I could very easily just say there are three people in here who work behind the scenes who are raising their hand in my favor, but I won't. And then the two of us will say no. There's not. Yeah, <laughs> but if there could be, that'd be awesome. Theater of the mind, guys. <laughs> Theater of the mind. Maybe. Anyway. Do you have a nitpick? Um, only that I... Because I've got another one. I wish they had... And I know it ended up being 39-10. to 10, But we've seen now in three games... The only reason the score got run up to the point that it got run up was because the Chargers kept giving you the football. We've seen, <laughs> yep. now, we've seen now three football games... Three football games, Atlanta, Detroit, and yesterday with Los Angeles, where they get up big mm -hmm. and just take their foot off the gas pedal. And that's... And th that's why they're called nitpicks. It's minor. You won the football game by a lot of points. I just wish that we would see a more aggressive offense, even when you have two and three score leads. I did like the late uh, deep pass to Diggs because of what one. you just said. Yes. I did like that. Uh, my last one is this. And I know Monday night's game is very important, but let's let's just sit Dalvin Cook, Okay. He's getting hurt every game now, and I, I we, knew you were going to go. Here. And we can, and we can say we can split hairs and be like, "Well, that shoulder injury is not the same as the last one, which we listed as a chest." And the big picture, the scheme uh, of things here is we don't know what's what, but it's clearly all connected. 
I want Dalvin Cook, as we talked about at the top of the show, that 100% when the playoffs come. And I'm confident that I have the running backs behind him that I can get through these last two games. It's not like the Packers and Bears are these great teams that you can't beat. I want Dalvin Cook healthy. And I think the Vikings should too. And this comes from the same group of people that told you to make the move with Xavier Rhodes a month ago that you finally made now. So, come on. Start to listen, okay? Real quick, before we go to Pat and wrap with Royce, uh, one more NFL story that I, I wanted to talk about real quick, Judd. Did you see what happened between the Cleveland Browns and Arizona Cardinals yesterday? I saw that the Browns players were, were telling the Cardinals, come get me. Multiple Browns players, when running onto or towards the Cardinals sidelines, were saying to the Arizona Cardinals, including Jarvis Landry, yep. and I think I think Jay Glazer said Odell Beckham Jr. Yes, Jay Glazer reported Odell Beckham Jr. said this too. Said, come get me. Yeah, they went out. In other words, they want to be traded or go and somehow play for the Arizona Cardinals or anywhere but Cleveland. Yep. How did this thing go so bad so fast? Freddie Hitchens and a quarterback who's a bit of a loose cannon, who doesn't they, know his uh, his place in life. They yet. were the darlings of this league when the season started. Was Everybody too much, thought, Freddie Hitchens, see what he did last year with Baker Mayfield, the hot new quarterback. They too go much and get too Odell soon. Beckham Jr. Too much too soon, Rami. They had Kareem Hunt, to already talented backfield. That's Royce. And now guys are telling other teams, come get me. Patrick Royce joins us now as we wrap with Royce. Pat, have you ever heard or seen that in any sport? <laughs> the Browns, baby. Yeah, well, uh, we did have the uh, game out in San Francisco after the Vikings got their ass kicked, uh, uh, where Dolman was telling people to vote for him instead of Millard for the defensive play. <laughs> was he really? Yeah, for San Francisco, but that's the legend anyway, and I'm going with it. What the hell? But uh, no, I that's that's pretty good. Is that going to be? Can you do reverse tampering? Can you tamper on yourself? Is that bad? Can, can, will the league, will Goodell try to suspend them for tampering on themselves? I, I don't know how that works. I love the brownies, though. Didn't you love that, all that stuff? I mean, I was saying all summer, what are these idiots doing? They won a couple of games down the stretch, and now they're going to the Super Bowl. What's the deal? And they've done that. Remember the Derek Anderson year where they won a few games at the oh, end yeah. of the year? They were going to go to the Super Bowl the next year, and they went 4-12 or something like that. Poor Cunningham, man. You guys didn't break the news to him on this. Did he, did he hear about this today? Oh, he's disgusted. <laughs> He's not happy, and 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 his his favorite baseball team just traded Kluber, and, and is now probably yeah, trying to trade it shortstop. Yeah, and uh, basically trade Kluber for nothing special. You know, a relief pitcher who throws hard, but uh, is like the twenty fifth best prospect in uh, in the organization, and uh, you know uh, that the Shields Junior's been around forever. So, uh, yeah. It's uh yeah they they have a they have a good reason to be disgusted there. At least they got the Cavs right. <laughs> how's, that, how's that going for Kevin them? Love, Kevin Love finally wants out, huh? Did you, did yes. you see that? Kevin Love wants to wants straight. And I'm sure they'd love to trade him too. But uh, that's going to be hard to, you know, any contenders so far. They're all over the gap. It's going to be a little hard to take that salary unless they could. You know who could probably get him back? The uh, Timberwolves, they could give him Teague, they could give him the expiring contract to Teague, and, uh, you know, give him somebody else making a lot of money, they could bring back Caleb for the playoff drive, what do you think? 
Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll take a hard pass. That sounds like an idea I'd come up with, Pat. You're better than that, he man. He and Cat could both be out there on the wing shooting oh. threes. Let, let anybody hey. score who wanted to in Hey, Patrick, fr- Friday night, the, cl- the Clippers spanked you for three quarters, and all I heard was, but in the fourth quarter, the Timberwolves oh, God, tried we hard. The quarter. I, I thought we were going to have a parade for the fourth quarter. Oh. But, uh, they played good in the fourth quarter. And did, I was actually watching uh, quite a bit of that fourth quarter, and I never had the impression they were going to win. Did you? No, because Kawhi came I, back I out and said, enough of this. Yeah, yeah, let's get this over with. So, and then they went and got beat by the Bulls the next night. Did Kawhi play? I don't no, know Kawhi he didn't play. Kawhi, he doesn't, he didn't. Kawhi doesn't do back-to-backs. He, he don't do back-to-backs. No. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. is the son of Heather Van Norman, the great uh, Wyndham, Minnesota sprinter, mm-hmm. uh, who won, won the 100, the 200, and the 400 four straight years at Minnesota. Uh, she went to the Gophers for a year, and then she transferred to LSU, and she hooked up with Odell Sr., and they never did uh, a walk down the aisle, but they ended up with Odell Jr., and she raised this kid, and I know her well because I did a big long piece on her after the summer in the summer of her senior year, and I talked to her a few times, and she'd tell me what a great kid he's got. But boy, she's got to go grab him by the ear and just whack it, you know, like a mom's got to do, right? To grab him by that ear and give a little whack upside the head. You think it'll work at this point? Yeah, I think might be too late. Might be a little late. I think she should have done that a little earlier. But she's a great. She's a, a great uh, woman, and uh, you know, but God, she, he's got to drive her nuts, doesn't he? I mean, and all his coaches, yes. The stuff he comes up. I don't know what his deal is. I really don't. See, he could be so damn good, right? I mean, he's great, but he's just a goofball. And uh, you know what? The guy in uh, the guy with the giant, the guy with the Giants, Jenkins, or was he the Jets? Jets, I guess. Janoris Jenkins, they both stink. Giants. Yeah. He's the Giants. Just yeah. got Giants. claimed by the they Saints. Both, they both stink. I heard that. Yeah, that's good for them. They can. That's nice. Now, how does he? Do they have a? A process where, uh, like baseball, where where you are in the standings, you get the first pick, or how's how are this? Yeah. Can you go when you get cut like that? Can you go any place you want to? I think if you get cut this time of year, you you have to go through that process. And most teams oh, passed. Really? The Saints took him. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't blame. Him. Yeah, it's smart. No. I mean, he's, he's you know, you think anybody down there in New Orleans? <laughs> Cares that uh, he insulted uh, someone with an impolitic remark when he might help them uh, get back to the Super Bowl. I don't think they care. I think if the Vikings had claimed him, you know what, Patrick? I don't think anybody here would have really cared that that much if he helped the Vikings. It would have been. It would have become an issue here. It would have become an issue here, but not down there. Pat, what did you make of the uh, Kluber and Bumgarner moves over the weekend and the Twins uh, sitting out both those deals? First, uh, I want to say why I don't think it'll be an issue in Louisiana. Yeah. Because 25 years ago, Earl Edwards was the governor, and he was involved in some scandal and uh, and uh, and said, the only way I'm going to lose this election is if I'm found in bed with a dead woman or a live boy. And, and uh, he won. <laughs> Well, so, so didn't they, bother him. They can put up with Janaris Jenkins, right? They can put up with Earl. They can put up with him. So, anyway. I, think I suppose. 
I might have been Edwin, yeah. But anyway, what do I think of Kluber? Kluber and Bumgarner. Obviously, they weren't, Cleveland wasn't going to trade Kluber to the Twins, although if they're giving up, I don't know why not. But the Twins certainly could have made a better offer than this. And we all know how much Falvey loves Kluber. You know, he's kind of like his big project, uh, you know, in that whole Cleveland, we're going to find pitchers and make them better deal. And he was in on that uh, operation. So I, I don't know why Cleveland would care if they traded him to the Twins, mm-hmm. because they have, if you trade Lindor, you're giving up. But uh, I think it's a great deal for Texas, and uh, it's interesting if, if uh, you know, they might make a little run in Houston this year. That uh, rivalry might be kind of fun. And uh, and Bumgarner, I thought he'd get more after everything I was reading in the, uh, I mean, not reading or seeing here and during the winter meetings. I thought he'd get that 100, but, uh, you know, 85, uh as I said on Twitter, we bid eighty four and a half. We just couldn't go any higher. <laughs> I saw that tweet. That was a good one. <laughs> Unfortunately, what I understand is the twins didn't make that bid until he'd already agreed to eighty five. So anyway, then they bid eighty four and a half. So anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, it, a very odd club to end him end up with because nobody mentioned. Arizona is a possibility. Judd and I talked about this yeah. a little today. He's got horses uh, there, though, Pat. Yeah, he's, okay. he's got Mr. He's Ed got there. Horses. Yeah. He's got horses and he wants to hit, right? Those are the two things. He's got horses and he wants to bat. Well, he might be screwy enough to, that that to be a thing, but I'll tell you what else he's got. Short fences. <laughs> he's got a home run ballpark. So uh, uh, that that ERA that uh, was what, under three in uh, San Francisco is not going to be under three in his home ballpark again. I can guarantee you that. Last thing, Pat. Uh, Doug Woog passes at 75 on Saturday. A true character has uh, left us. Oh, yeah, a wonderful guy. And, uh, you know, one of those old hockey guys that we all loved. And, uh, you know, we did, uh, oh, man, Such and I did eight, ten years of radio with him on the, the Doug Wu show at uh, 11.45 on the Saturday mornings. <laughs> Fantastic. We'd get around to talking about the game about the last five seconds of the show. It would be all stories and agitation. And, uh, yeah, I love the guy. It was uh, it's, it's too bad. I, I went out and did a long piece on him in 2016 when they named the South St. Paul Arena his favorite. And I think I wrote about 30 inches, and I could have written 150 with the stories he told. So He was he, great, man. Ogre. Harvard, Ogre, man. Harvard, he almost got that title, 89. At the Civic oh, Center, ding, Randy Scarta hit that pipe. Worst Piper, worst Peter Piper of all time. Actually, Judd lied when he said last one because Judd, didn't you say in an email today that the Gophers, the fans stormed the court earlier? Oh yeah, last weekend? night. Was it, and you yeah. asked, Ohio State game. Pat was there. You asked, is it a good court storming? Yeah, is Pat, that a good court storming? Is that a good court storming? Yes, yeah, third team in the country, number three team I'm with in the you. country. I, I, I give it to them. Yeah, they can do it. When they stormed the court after they beat Maryland that year, when they hadn't won a game before, I didn't know about that one, but I guess uh, this one was okay. Did they storm it last year for Purdue, too, which was rated 11th? Did they? I didn't know about that one. Yeah, I didn't know. Number I didn't three, know you can storm. One. Don't you have to be numbers? You got to be top five. Let's say you got to be top six, five or six. Okay. Right? Yes. 
All right, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. That was a decent storming, okay. and plus, you know it what? Wasn't okay Nobody story. saw it coming. Nobody. And I had no, forgotten the game was on. <laughs> I hate the Big Ten. I'm still, I'm still wondering why uh, Petito was told me that having be in the front row made him very nervous. So I, I don't know why. Did you hear that? No idea. Petito's afraid of Royce. No, I, I get that. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. He said, uh, but I don't know what he said. I don't know what he said. <laughs> so maybe he did. <laughs> I scared. I'm scared of having you here. He said, "Well, you know what? Me, me. I'm a you know, 74 year old man. I was a really nice guy. What the hell's the problem? I don't get it." You were at the barn for 11 hours yesterday. I was. I was. Speaking of characters, Miss McCarville gets her uh, gets her jersey retired. Man, alive! What a beauty she is. As I told her, the only previous jersey retirement she had is they draped one over her stool at the. <laughs> Patrick, we got to run. Roycey Unchained coming yeah. up next. Do I have no, Roycey on, yeah. oh, on baseball. Yeah. Unchained tomorrow. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. So catch up. All right. Me and, Mr. Me and Mr. Rogers are doing the show tomorrow. That's my new nickname for Wetmore. Doesn't he remind you of Mr. Rogers? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> he does. It's right. a beautiful day in the baseball neighborhood. <laughs> There's Patrick Roycey rapping with Roycey. A Royce. beautiful day in the baseball neighborhood. Our thanks to him. Our thanks to Tom Pelissero. If you missed Tom Pelissero or anything on today's show, go get it. ScoreNorth.com, ScoreNorth mobile app, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get podcasts, Mackie and Judd with Ron. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.